0: Let me welcome you wherever you are in the world to the latest episode of The Generation Podcast. On The Generation Podcast, we like to discuss topics which are relevant to God's mission in the world and learn about ways that we as God's people in Scotland and beyond can share the life-transforming message of Jesus Christ um, let me thank you again for choosing to listen to The Generation podcast. Uh, my name Martin Patterson uh, and I serve with uh, mission organisation OMF as the representative for them in Scotland and I'm also a member of the Free Church uh, at Cumberland. Um, Today I want to welcome uh, to the podcast our special guest who's joining us all the way um, from Tokyo. Um, I didn't pay for his flights to get back, he's online. Um, His name is Levi Booth and is a graduate of Oak Hill College in London. He's been serving in Japan with uh, OMF International for the last uh, 10 years, I think it is. Um, And he is also the author of a great little book called Ultimate Grace. Um, I'm going to put links um, to that book in the comments below. uh, And it was published by 10 of those. And so you can get it from them. Uh, and I'll put the link in the, the drop down Levi it's super to have you with us on the podcast thanks for agreeing to come on not at all it's great to be here yeah uh, I should also I should also say that if you're really wanting to learn your uh, uh, how to make an origami crane uh, Levi <laughs> is your man uh, we spent some time together at the Keswick convention a few years yeah. ago, and uh, yeah. this man can he can bash out Origami cranes, like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure if you want an online tutorial, uh, he could he could sort that out for you. Uh, yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, a little bit more serious, um, Levi. I know who you are, uh, and I've had the privilege of spending time with you, uh, and I know a little bit about your ministry. But most of the people who are listening today uh, won't know you, uh, and so could you just fill in a little bit about your background, uh, where you're from. Uh, how you came to follow Christ, and uh, how you ended up uh, serving in Japan.
1: Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, my name is Levi uh, Booth. I'm not related to the Salvation Army or the um, Israelite priesthood, kind of people ask me a lot. I'm not, I'm not Jewish as far as I know. Um, my father was in the army, so actually I was born in Germany, uh, moved to England when I was like two or three years old, and kind of bounced around the country a bit, kind of growing up with my dad. But, um, and you got sent around uh did high school and yeah well yeah like secondary school college in uh, warrington uh, between uh liverpool and manchester uh once was voted the least culturally significant city in europe so you know <laughs> i got that growing up um yeah but so my my parents both became christians when i was young again i don't know I'm like five six years old something um so grew up going to church. Um, it was like I'm still part of the army base at that time. So, like, all the stuff we were singing had the kind of like the military bent to it. So, you know, we had like the songs like, I'm too young to march in the infantry, but I'm in the Lord's army. And um, so I grew up with that, right? And then, you know, you get to high school and you have that whole kind of like teenage angst time of what am I, who am I? Like, um, and I think for me, more than anything, I was just really. Wanted to know how they get people to like me like I wanted to have friends wanted to be like wanted to be popular um and at that time is I mean it's hard to know Tao, I guess like looking at the fine figure of man I am now but I was quite a small little scrawny kid when I was growing up um high school got bullied a little bit and so at that time I discovered movies with guys like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee um you know and I'm thinking on one hand these guys seem really cool, kind of popular. And also, if I learn kind of martial arts, you know, I'll be able to defend myself. So it's kind of win-win situation there. Um, but like I said, Warrington is not like the kind of cultural centre uh, of the world. And so the only place I could find one of my mates, we were looking to somewhere to do some martial arts. The only place we could find was doing jiu-jitsu. Um, so that's the Japanese martial art. You might not know, but it's a Japanese martial art. And so from then... And I kind of had an interest to begin with in, in China, and then kind of doing jujitsu and learning a bit about Japanese history and culture and stuff as part of the grading thing. I then became a bit more interested in Japan. Um, and I went on to university. Uh, was still kind of calling myself a Christian, but really my my life plan was I'm going to go. I studied computer science. So I thought, well, that's where the money is. So I'll get a nice job, meet a nice girl, you know, have a nice house and nice kids and um, retire early and then when I die I'll go to heaven because you know that's I'm trusting Jesus right and so I went to, to uni um, discovered this sport when I was there called Ultimate Frisbee um, you know I had no idea what it was seemed interesting so I went along tried it out and actually when I the year I was going there what the guy who was the captain of the team a guy called Steve was a Christian um, and I don't remember how I think I must have said to him Something about oh yeah, I'm a Christian as well. I go to church, and he was suggested we should read up, we should meet up and read the Bible together. I'd never done that before, for I just sitting down and reading the Bible. Um, but we did that. And we read through two Timothy, um, and I just remember reading two Timothy chapter one, and just so much now of the gospel and what it, the gospel is, um, why we need to protect the gospel, why it's worth suffering for. You know, the grace given to us before the foundations of time, and just that free kind of given grace. Uh, and it just absolutely blew my mind, it just kind of shook my heart like, well, this is um, not what I kind of understood. I completely have uh, missold, thanks to myself, like who Jesus is and what the gospel is. Um, so, at that time, I was then getting more passionate about, about following Jesus, about telling other people around him. And at the same time, my university had a lot of students from overseas and especially from East Asia, so lots from China and uh, from Japan. And I remember just one day meeting these. Um, a couple of guys from Japan and when they found out I was a Christian, one of them was really excited and was like, Oh, can you tell me what Christians believe? Because you know, in Japan I don't know any Christians, and so I don't know what it is actually um what you believe. And you know, going from my other kind of my British mates who I tried to tell a bit about the gospel, who just were like, you know, so probably we're not we're not interested, like, well, you know, in a nice way, they'd be like, you know, we're not down with that. So having someone asking me, like, can you tell me um, what Christians believe? What is the gospel? Um again that, at that point a few kind of things of just, well, Japan's kind of an interesting place, and I want to tell people about the gospel. And it seems like actually in Japan there's a lot of people who are open to hearing who have never had opportunity. Um, and then doing a bit of research, finding out how few churches there were in Japan, cities without any churches, and you know how the church actually was kind of in decline, even though it was so small. All of that kind of got me thinking about um maybe actually rather than my kind of my dream of you know just earning money and having a nice life and and then kind of retiring and going to some beaches before i go to heaven like maybe actually god was calling me to to do something more of my life and maybe um you know the need in japan it seemed like there was a need for kind of people to go and help the church maybe that's a need that i could meet um so now like you said it was about 10 or 11 years ago now um Went out to a city called Sendai in kind of North East Japan and went there for a year and just wanted to see like, what is it actually like being in Japan? What's like, what's it like? Not just kind of going for a couple of months where it's kind of fun, but actually living there. Um, Is this something which really is something I want to do, having seen some of the ups and downs and hard stuff, or is it just something I had like, oh, like it would be a fun thing. So, um, yeah, I mean. Again, kind of it, that was a lot of stuff happening in that year. But really, during that time, I was just convicted of actually um, there was a need for missionaries in the church um, in Japan. Um, I didn't see anyone else I knew kind of foreign t- volunteering to go to Japan, so I just sort of went. Maybe I'm the one who's going to go. Um, yeah, and then back to back to UK went to Oak Hill, studied Bible College there, and then filled out a few more forms and stuff and and now I'm here in Tokyo.
0: So yeah, nice. I really like that that idea like you didn't see anyone else going. And so yeah. part of it is maybe maybe because uh, of the things that you've been influenced by because of what God's shown you in his word maybe that's actually all the stuff that's coming together and it's leading you or leading whoever it is um towards that um form of ministry that's really um helpful and really insightful about the things which are in our path are not there necessarily by chance or accident um, they're actually part of god's uh, god's sovereignty god's god's providence in our life so yeah that's, that's nice um and a great example for us about seeing a an need, meeting a need. You know, so that's cool. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna chuck in some quick fire questions for you. Uh, you've not you've yeah. not seen these, but go for it. No. Uh, sushi or ramen? Oh, ramen. Uh, Japanese summer or Japanese winter? Winter,
1: definitely winter. Oh, why winter? Because the summer is brutal. <laughs> it's just. Yes, I mean, especially in Tokyo, it, um, it I just I can't even think about it. It's so hot and humid. <laughs> just...
0: Uh swimming in the ocean or climbing a mountain? A uh, mountain, yeah, yeah. Why? Uh, okay,
1: this is maybe a really stupid idea, but um, um I kind of figure that like if I'm climbing a mountain, the worst thing that can happen is like a bear could attack me. And I re- on a good day, I reckon I can deal with a bear. But in the ocean, dude, like stuff gets you, you. You can't even see it. So I'm like, actually, on balance of just what I feel I could deal with in the worst case situa- situation, I feel I could, uh, I could handle
0: the mountain more than the ocean. So, so in, in Levi's end-time prophecies, you're sitting thinking <laughs> bears are acceptable and I can deal with them, but sharks don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not out swimming a shark. That's that's good to know. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about Japan, Levi? Um, because again, may, many of our listeners may may not know much about Japan. Um, Could you just tell us a little bit about the country? Uh, what are some of the things um, that make up the culture? Particularly, some of the main things that make up the culture. And and are there any particular obstacles to the gospel? Um, which. I'm not saying that they're just unique to Japan, but you, they're, they're certainly very prominent obstacles to sharing the the, the gospel in Japan.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, so you mentioned mountain right? and actually, that is kind of kind of a prominent thing in Japan. So, Japan is a, an island, like me pointed out, like a few islands, kind of kind of one main island. Um, and Japan is is the only country in the world, um, I think, which has a has is two. It has like two of these kind of free plates joined together, like tectonic plates. So the whole like middle of Japan is basically just kind of a lot of dormant or I guess some kind of active um, volcanoes. Um, and you know, so it's a small island nation, there's lots of earthquakes, um, you get lots of typhoons, some of uh, the tsunami coming in. Um, and so that I think even more than say, something like the UK has created a real kind of um, focus on community and the need to work together um, and also the need kind of not to um, getting other people's way because there's not a lot of space um, especially in like Tokyo where it kind of, it's really one of the few large flat areas in Japan so you know a whole lot of people here um, and so there's just this kind of a lot of the culture that comes out in this kind of maintaining the kind of the, the peace um, or the harmony. Um, and, and working hard, kind of doing your bit. Um, so, a few of the kind of things you hear a lot in Japan is uh, about this idea. Of, so, there's like uh, idea of gambaru, which just means kind of to, to work hard, but it, it re- almost kind of means like to exert yourself. And often that's like the solution to any kind of problem or difficulty. It's just like if we just gambaru, if we just kind of keep pushing hard, then we'll overcome the problem. Um, and so, that, and it, you know, in, in some ways it can be really admirable. So, like after the the triple disaster, which was now t- just ten years ago this year, with the earthquake tsunami and then the the down at the power plant, um, you know, a lot of Japanese people basically kind of pulled together and were like, "We're really going to work through this." Um, but I remember actually, what at the time, as I was in England when it happened, but I went to Japan to kind of help with some of the relief work. Um, and one of the the commercials they kept showing on, on TV, um, which for me really kind of encapsulate the Japanese spirit. Um, they had a lot of different um, celebrities and people, and they were saying about how everyone, you know, we're all working hard and it's really great. And the tagline was always, um, I believe in the power of Japan. And that was it. Like, that was like, Japan is the thing um, that if we kind of believe in, um, we can get through. Um, and so that kind of, you see that even to a deeper level, I think, in uh, the religions of Japan. So you have Shinto which is like the indigenous Japanese religion, it it gets translated as like the way of the gods, which is like a literal translation of what Shinto would be. Um, but actually after doing uh, research on it and talking to a lot of people, I think it really is about kind of the the way of Japan. Um, and the thing of Shinto is more, much more than just kind of like a, a belief in kind of the gods. Um, it's much more about kind of a belief in Japan and this kind of doing your part, being. Japan being Japanese, um, and that's the thing which will kind of help the the, the economy to grow. It's the thing which helps overcome the uh, any obstacles they come come up against. Um, and
0: so it means then that if you so, they, so would you say then it's it's almost like a religious nationalism? In I mean, that is
1: extreme um, historically. It was so yeah, like that. I mean, and that's now because of the, the way that kind of led into. Um, World War Two, a lot of that now, you know, people are kind of, uh, you know, kind of quite wary of and kind of, you know, uh, don't want to kind of let it get to to that extreme again because they've seen kind of where it can go. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that is, um, I mean, and some, there will be some people on the kind of far right who will still be saying things like, um, you mean on the fringes, but saying they're you know, like, oh, the reason why this stuff is happening in Japan isn't flourishing is because we've kind of not focusing enough on. On Shinto and on kind of you know Japan and honoring these things, um, and that's the problem. Um, but yeah, but I think it's really a um, but there's a mix as well. So you've got this kind of Shinto kind of um, seeking after harmony and kind of not sticking out. Um, the one of the probably the most famous kind of Japanese proverb um, you hear it, um, is the the nail that sticks up gets hammered down, and that's the idea that you know you kind of we want stuff to be kind of flat and uniform and then and everyone's doing their bit and just not complaining um, and things go well. Um, and so, you know, you see that in the, the way that stuff does work so smoothly, right? You know, the trains actually run on time. It's kind of a real shock when I go back to England and just like, what is going on here? Um, you know, and then, you know, the convenience stores are open like literally 24 seven within a minute, like a literal minute of my house, I can have like three convenience stores that are open all the time. Um, Everything is really convenient. Everything works really well. Um, but the the dark side of that is that you have a lot of people who just, I mean, literally being worked to death, but they just work and work and work. until so either they kind of break mentally or physically, um, but they can't push back against that and complain because, you know, that would, that would ruin the, the harmony. So, um, yeah, I mean, beauty and brokenness is kind of everywhere. Um, and a lot of, I guess, these... Um, things which can seem, at least to West people, are very much like um, contradictions, but there's just a lot of kind of these things in tension um, and working together. Uh, and yeah, I mean, and like a lot of syncretism in a lot of different things. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, in ter- so yeah, so in terms of what that kind of means for the for kind of gospel um, obstacles, one of them is that, um, the big one is that kind of not wanting to stand up out. So now, I know I've talked to quite a lot of um, Christians, especially kind of younger people, um, who they're not at the point of being like, can I have, can you pray I'd have boldness to kind of share the gospel? They're saying, can you pray that I would have kind of boldness and courage to let my course know that I'm a Christian? Um, because they just, even just saying to people, like, oh, I'm a Christian or saying oh, I go to church, because it's not a normal thing. They're like, instantly I'm going to be the odd one out. And that's going to make everything maybe kind of really awkward or difficult. Um, it makes things like work kind of very difficult for people. Um, and uh, yeah, and then um, another kind of slightly related thing to that, I guess, because the sense of community is really strong the sense of family is really strong. And especially kind of, you know, your family is not just the ones who are kind of alive now, but you know, your, your parents or grandparents and backwards. Um, the kind of the sense of uh, respect and kind of um, admiration and stuff there is really strong and especially often one big thing is that the people because their, their dad was supposed maybe working so hard um, and a lot of people kind of you know raised in kind of single parents families and stuff their grandparents have a real influence on them when they're really young um, and, and so often you get people who are like well maybe they hear about uh, the gospel and they're like I think this sounds like it is amazing. And actually I kind of looked into it and I think it's true. Um but are you telling me that my grandparents who died just two years ago, that because they didn't get to hear about this, that they're gonna be in hell. Um and I I've had people say, you know, if I have to choose, then do I go to be with Jesus in heaven or do I go to be in hell with my grandparents? Like it's an easy choice. I'm gonna see my grandparents because you know they've they've done so much for me. And it's just you know, it's just really hard. And, you know, and then um Especially with people who already, you know, grandparents or great grandparents who have already passed on, um, yeah, like that can be the real sticking point for people.
0: Yeah, no, uh, and the thing is that that is that is a hard, that is a hard thing, um, and yeah, I think it's a hard, hard reality um, yeah. wherever we find ourselves in, in the world. But I, I suppose particularly in somewhere like Japan, where familial um, connection is just so so important. And, and a foundation for for life. Um, so that's some really helpful things um, to orientate us towards Japan and culture. Um, tell you, tell you what, Levi? Uh, could you uh, maybe give us a bit of a picture, uh, an insight into how cross-cultural workers serve the church in Japan? Now, Japan is an open country in one sense. You can you can be there as a, a missionary. Uh, you can go there to tell people about Christ and the gospel. So could you tell us uh, a little bit about how that maybe works? Um, what does someone who is a missionary or a cross-cultural worker do uh, in Japan? And um, tell us a little bit about what that means for you and, and the sort of ministry you're involved with. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so... I think that the kind of two, I think the, the two kind of big um, I know, sides or, or kind of approaches um, for kind of missions in Japan. Uh, one thing is, you know, seeing, uh, there's a church in Japan, um, especially in big cities like Tokyo, there are churches around. Um, and so I think it's really seeing what is um, the Spirit doing, you know, seeing the grace of, of God at work. Um, and on one hand, it's just encouraging that, just seeing it helping Japanese people to see it as well, Christians say, look here is God is working, um, He's blessing you. Um, you know, it's very easy, I think, in Japan, people to compare themselves to um, you know the states or the UK or even you know somewhere like um, South Korea and be like, ah, oh, the church here is really huge and they have all this stuff and they can do these big events and um, you know, but we're really small and we're not really growing and it's really hard. Um, but helping people to see where God is at work. Um, encouraging them in that and encouraging them in the work that they're doing. Um, so whether it's, you know, a young person who is talking about they want to use their, their gift and their kind of the work of kind of writing um, in order to kind of try to um, have an impact for the gospel in Japan, It's just really getting alongside some sort of that and saying, this is a great thing, you know, how can I help you that? How can I encourage you in that? Um, is seeing the work of groups like uh, the Christian student group um, and just again, just encouraging them when they want to start like a new Bible study, being like this is a great thing that we pray with you for that. Let's you go along and 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 be a part of it, but not being really careful not to take over the reins. To be like, this is your work. Um, you're going to do it in your way, and I just really want to encourage you in that, bless you in that, kind of keep um, speaking to you kind of gospel truths that will
0: keep you going in that. Um, Can I just stop and, and tease that out a little bit? Is that okay? Yeah. Um, like. Because I think that's a really important thing. But why? Why would you say that's an important thing that um, someone from outside doesn't just come in and take the reins, um, but is coming along as a as someone to support and encourage um, local Japanese Christians? Why? Why is that important? Um, and should that be the sort of the, the, the normal practice for cross cultural workers in a context like? That?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think it does depend a bit on the. Um, the, the context but I think in somewhere like Japan there is um, yeah I mean so okay I I'll just didn't say in advance the thing I'll say next will be kind of like the, the balance to that but I think for for this thing why it's important is because um, especially in Japan and the way that kind of the, the culture works and stuff um, a lot of people uh, they see that you, you kind of you you delegate all the kind of tasks to the experts um so there's lots of kind of people who do jobs um you know for a lot of things whether that's a diy or whether it's like you know moving house whatever it's always you give all just to a company and they do it and you know you have your thing you do and you don't step outside of that um and what that kind of means for the church is you get a lot of places where it's like well we have a pastor who preaches on a sunday um and we have the missionary who runs to kind of the english class and just kind of he does you know missions like evangelism stuff um and i just kind of need to just go to church and kind of you know keep myself out of trouble and give my tithes and and that's kind of it um but so i think we really we've almost got to kind of push against this kind of thing of the missionary is the one who does evangelism and be like actually you, know, you can share your the gospel with your friends and because you know them um and because they know you um, and because you're actually Japanese and you know the culture and your language will always be a thousand times better than ours. Um it will sound much more authentically Japanese. Um and therefore will just ring nicer with people. Um it will, you know it will, they'll hear it better. Um and also you've got your they're seeing your life to see it like being lived out. Um, you know, people can always look at foreign missionaries and be like, oh, they live like that, but that's because they're missionaries or they're foreigners, or you know, so um, like my one of my kind of biggest gripes is that um every time when i think when i'm hanging up with like my friends and I'll i'm like the holy spirit really helped me there to like be a, like a nice person or you know not to complain or to you know to um to apologize whatever when i feel like it's not my fault really and people will be like oh like british gentlemen and i'm like no like do you know other british people we're not gentle like we're not nice you know like um you know but, but that's like it's that's there to say. Well, this is probably this is what British people do, or you know, British people like you. Maybe you don't get involved in the crazy drinking, or you don't, you know, you don't sleep around because that's like part of your culture, or whatever. Like, um, so having just foreigners kind of being the ones who do. Buddhism, not only does it kind of sound always a bit weird, and we're always going to kind of be maybe bringing in concepts and things which are not quite Japanese. Um, but also it they, they comes with like a built-in excuse to be like, well, you know, that's a foreign thing, you know. Um, so I think having it be really authentically Japanese and come from like a Japanese-sounding person um, with a life that will look different in a good way, will look you know, not, not look odd, but will be um, I suppose it's obviously Japanese, and yet somehow they're standing against the pressure that we will face, and somehow they're, they're been different Um that's one big thing. And then I also, just think in terms of like multiplication and church growth. Like we need to have just Christians kind of not depending on missionaries, but themselves kind of taking out steps of faith, um, you know, relying on the spirit to empower them in in boldness, to help them with the suffering that will come because it will come. Like you can't, um, you can't avoid it, but um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, and, in some contexts things probably slightly differently in the way you do things are differently and, and stuff, but I feel like in Japan at the moment, especially, um, we have a lot of churches, but a lot of them are just growing and becoming older and the pastors is supposed to be getting older and we really need the next generation to be stepping up and growing into those kind of leadership roles and also in just sharing that faith, like, more boldly and more, um, or, yeah, more, just more. yeah. You, know. you
0: just, sorry, I know that I I... I butted in there, but that's a super response um to that that little teasing out question. Um what what are some of the things that um you're you're involved in um, with directly we what are some of the, the, the ministries that you um in a in a normal in a normal sort of week a normal month <laughs> Um, I suppose, I suppose the, the online sphere is the norm just now, but what, what yeah. does that maybe look like for you and, and what are some of the main avenues that you've been involved in and God's uh, opened up for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, now my main focus is on sports ministry. Um, and so there's a few kind of groups am, I'm working with. One is um, it's called Japan International Sports Partnership. It's a kind of a small network um, led by a couple of Japanese pastors and then there's a few Japanese staff um, and then, kind of myself, and there's a couple of other um, foreign kind of mission agencies were are kind of working together. Um, and so, you know, that's the plan would have been to have done lots of outreach through the Olympics and Paralympic Games, um, but also, I mean, and through other big sports events like the Rugby World Cup two years ago. Um, but also, it's, we're really working out to kind of help Japanese churches in like the local areas to kind of come together and together to kind of think about how can they use sports and recreation to reach into their community. Um, with a real, you know, like a kind of a kingdom mindset of we're going to work together, we're going to put on a festival or we're going to have a sports kind of clinic or um, we're going to run like a a futsal tournament and together and we're going to kind of, you know, try to reach into our community. So it's a lot of thinking and creating resources and networking to equip the church and encourage the church in Japan for that. for us, really, a lot of it is kind of just spreading the vision and the strategy because sports ministry is not really a thing in Japan so much now. It's kind of a growing thing, um, so I'm working with this group trying to help them get that going. I work with the uh, KGK, which is the um, Japanese equivalent of say UCCF um, or Ivy stuff. So with students, um, yeah, you know, and I'm kind of based. We have like a like a block system um because most of the universities are too small or the christian groups are too small to be like just one so we have say four or five universities who come together um and like you know taking part in their monthly bible studies um trying kind of encourage guys to meet up with them um so yeah so that's that's the main thing of what i'm doing um and then i have kind of links with other guys who i know um oh there's a group called calm um who are like uh um, Christian, like again, it's a network of kind of Christians who are involved in kind of IT, technology, design, um, that kind of sphere, and really helping them. And again, just encouraging them to use their gifts and their talents to equip the church in Japan, whilst at the same time trying to, you know, have a support themselves, have a living and stuff. So, um, yeah, and then I kind of, there's a few guys who are leading that group who I kind of meet up with in kind of a bit of a mentoring relationship. So, Mm. Yeah, those are the main things I'm I'm doing. I'm just trying to encourage them.
0: I'm sure everyone wants to know uh, what sports is it. Particularly, that you play. I know you give us a little bit of a teaser earlier on, but could you just fill in for us what what sports is that you're involved with?
1: Yeah, so ultimate frisbee. Like the, there you go. This is my my frisbees. Um, it's a real sport, actual sport. Play um, seven aside. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, in Japan, it's kind of as minor as it is in in England, um, but that's the kind of uh, sport I play. Um, we play kind of on grass, and we sometimes play on, on kind of the beach, uh, and um, and yeah, and for me, so that's I guess the other side of things is that there are, um, you yeah, know, I don't know of really any. I I've heard of kind of a couple of Christians in Japan who play ultimate frisbee, but um, you know, it's kind of a. There's not really much of a witness there um, and so that's you know going back to the thing we said earlier about how you know there's something which i love doing and i'm kind of you know i can do it enough to kind of be there and be um have credibility and there's no one else there who's there as a gospel witness i feel like well okay this is for me now yeah i'm a foreigner yeah that brings up a lot of stuff but actually um you know getting to playing any sport really but i guess you know for me playing ultimate frisbee. Um, I get to spend all day with people doing training going for food afterwards going to onsen going to tournaments you know on the travel and in between matches and stuff um and yeah for me that's a way of just really trying to be a witness to to what it means to be a follower of jesus um and you know and the pressure of kind of doing sports and trying to play at like a high level as well you know there's um all of that comes i guess with just really increases the kind of the p i people see actually what who you really like you know like um how do you deal with success? how do you deal with failure? Um, you know how do you kind of deal with you know when there's kind of tensions in the teams and all that kind of stuff so
0: um, see so just on that do you, could you just expand um what are what are a couple of key discipleship lessons then that you've learned through sports uh, and being involved in it
1: yeah, um yeah, you know, I feel like one um and this really is something which is kind of recently something i'm trying to apply both in in playing sport and also in in kind of being a, a follower of christ is um uh taking the shot um i think um you know i mean so you don't know frisbee so I'm probably trying to talk about it in terms of like say football right so um you know obviously like if you if you're only doing it every time he gets the ball just hoofs it as hard as he can like towards the goal that's really annoying man right? like people are like okay like you're not playing footy this time, you're just kind of, you don't think it's always hoofing towards the goal when there's no real opportunity. But when you have the opportunity and, you're, you know, the, the goal's in front of you, it's within range. Um, you know, it's a cliche, but you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. If you shoot, you might miss, and then, or you might get saved or whatever. But if you don't shoot, you're never going to, you've got no chance, right? So, um and that's the same for me in Frisbee. Like, I'm not the best at, at throwing. It's like I often want to just be like catch it, give a really short pass to someone else and trust them. Um, but I mean, like, actually, to really be like a add quality to the team um, and to be just a much better player, I have to be like, if I get a disc and the shot is on, I have to be willing really just to take it um, and to trust, you know, then that other person will be there and, you know, and a lot of stuff. And so I think that's also true for the discipleship of just, you know, my friend, I mentioned uh, the guy, Steve, um, you when know, I talked to him afterwards, like, you know, actually after when, when I wrote the book, I talked to him, I sent him a copy and I, because um, he's, he's in it. Um, and he was, you know, actually, like, did, he thinks that that's kind of was a real moment of kind of, I guess, grace on him, of the God being like, just, you know, you've heard this guy here, it's a young guy, he said something about being a Christian. Um, just take the shot just say hey do you want to meet up and read the bible together um and if he hadn't said that i mean i probably wouldn't be here right because um you know god is sovereign but he works through his people he works through his words um so i've been really challenged recently to be like if i hear talk to someone and they show interest um in things of the gospel or the bible or anything to so just be willing to say hey if you want you know we could hang out one time and go for coffee and, you know, we can read a bit of the Bible or, you know, oh, can I share with you actually one of my favorite stories from the Bible? Or, you know, just you got to take some kind of shot, right? So, um, yeah, I feel like that's something which God's really been pushing me on. Just, um, you know, you got you got to share it. you got to open your mouth and share at some point. Um, and you don't know if it's going to, how it's going to go. But if you don't talk, then you know how it's going to go because... Yeah,
0: exactly. it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Absolutely, I, I was um, speaking with the, the church young people a couple of weeks back, and it was the story with the, the seed and the soils. And the thing is, you know, mm. we're to we're to throw the seed out liberally. <laughs> like, yeah. the, the, the seed is always good. Um, the word is always good. Um, and in one sense, it's not up to us to to, to bring that growth, um, but we have to be the people who are, are getting that out. I love that. Like, just take the shot. That's that's great, especially because I love watching football and the amount of times you just say just hit the ball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that's 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 really good, nice and helpful. Um, can we head in just another direction, and we're going to need to wrap up right. in a little bit. Um, but just head in a different direction. We'd spoken earlier that you'd written a book called Ultimate Grace, right. published by Ten of Those. Um, what was that process like? And are there two or three things that you'd encourage other aspiring authors to do? Um, what can they learn from the process that you went through in writing that little book? Um, yeah,
1: I mean, the process was kind of fun, really stressful. Um, and uh, I mean, I w- it was, I guess, for, in terms of first publishing, it was a lot um, kind of easy-ish in the sense that I was asked, I was approached by Omer, who had already taught 10 of those, and they had an idea of a book they wanted to write. So that made it all a lot um, easier. I think that's not kind of so normal. Um, but yeah, and then working with them on it, um, which I mean, so and I guess the lessons I kind of learned from that, um, I mean, the big thing, the kind of obvious one is that you, if you want to write a book or write anything, you've got to just write. At some point, you know, I think often I realized writing the book that I had stuff in my head I had thought through and I kind of felt like, oh, it's, it's almost written. Like, it's you know, I know I'm going to save this chapter um but actually when it comes to putting that onto a page into you know a thousand words which are decent words there's a real process that where you just have to sit down at the keyboard stop with the, the excuses stop with the complaints and just write like that you know you have to get it out um that's a big one um, and i think another thing though um so that I actually had kind of I had done without knowing and what really was really helpful was I had got used to working with an editor um, because I had done a few kind of articles for like a, a couple of magazines here in Japan and for some of the like the OMF blog. Um, and actually that made it a lot easier when I was writing the book because you, know, you have to have the editing process, right? Like you have to write the stuff, send it away and someone comes back with the edits and, and then you have to kind of communicate with them back and forth about their changes and whether, you know, if you want to push back on someone, how are you going to take them? And um, and I think, actually, just in terms of the whole writing process, and for you and for the editor and for the publisher, um, if you can get ways, whether it's writing for a magazine or writing for a blog that has an editor, and just get used to that process. Um, I think what makes it a lot, um, yeah, definitely a lot uh, smoother and easier. Um, and I think, yeah, and I think I would say that if you are thinking about writing a book and you want to, um, one thing you you just want to do, and for me, this was the kind of thing I did at the beginning, uh, which was like kind of the breakthrough in a sense, you, you know, after being kind of asked if you want to do this, was um, working on getting a good book proposal. Um, and I think if you want to, if you think about writing a book, you need to realize that actually, if you're going to convince someone to publish it for you, you can't just have like a vague idea. And you know, they want you to write down a proposal with an overview, your chapter breakdown, it's going to go in every chapter, you know, and a few kind of good sample chapters. Like you have to, and I think the good thing about doing that is it shows you actually how far you are along to having a book, um, and how far you're not. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of a those things. But at the point importantly, you just have to start doing it, right? Like you, um, I mean, I, I heard someone to take a shot. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you got to take the shot. And it's just you know, um, I forget who said this. Maybe it's someone like Stephen King. But he said, you know, a lot of people talk about they want to write a book. This is actually most people. They don't want to write a book. They want to have written a book. They don't want to have a book with their name on it, but they don't want to do the process of doing the work of writing it. Um, And I think it's really important just to get clear in your mind, like, actually, do I really want to write a book? Or do I just want to have a book with my name on it? Because they're very different things. Um, And one of them involves a whole lot of just work and yeah, sweat and tears and
0: stuff. So... It's really helpful, um, and I'm sure for people who are listening who are wanting to think about writing, um, some really nice uh, nuggets of of wisdom there to, to pick up on. Uh, just finally, uh, Levi, what are some ways, or maybe phrase it like this: How can the church in Scotland best serve the peoples of Japan? Uh,
1: yeah, so um, okay, let me just say so three things. Um, The first one, and this is the obvious one, but I think it's it's always just worth saying that it is prayer. Like We just have to be really convinced that God works through prayer. Um, Maybe we don't get how that works in the mission, but he's told us to pray. Um, And so, yeah, I think just being uh, really committed to to praying, there's a lot of really good prayer resources. Um, Actually, OMF, working with some other people. I want to say the navigators, so I'm not sure. Have just In Japan, I've just written a, a booklet on 30 days of praying for Japan. Um, I think that'll be coming available in the UK soon. So, you know, something like that, just to, to pray through, be informed and inspired as you pray, but do just, you know, commit to praying. Um, and two other things, which I don't know if these are as obvious. Um, one of them, I would say, uh, if you have missionaries you know um, in Japan, um, to write to them. Um, not just to tell them that you're praying for them, but one thing I think I've realised over my time is actually that, and this is obvious, but you know, missionaries need the gospel um, as much as the people we're sharing with. Um, and if you're linked to, if you're supporting a missionary, um, I think one of the things I would love to see people kind of take more seriously would be actually that you have a responsibility to keep preaching the gospel to them, whether it's in writing an email or you know just when you Skype. Um, don't assume that because we're here and we're missionaries that we're just always overflowing with the joy of salvation and you know we're, we're full of faith and um you know we are even we're reading our bible video like we need people to just be like dude remember like you know christ God, if you remember what this means like remember how amazing this is um i have a friend who lives in norway i'm at bible college who will just you know if he finds like a great quote from calvin or someone who loves calvin um he'll just say it with me like oh dude, do like just just read this about how amazing is that Jesus is our, like, high priest or something. Um, and it's really, it has an impact in the Church of Japan because, you know, it changes my heart, it changes, gives me more passion to preach the gospel, more boldness. Um, so, yeah, so preach the gospel to your missionaries. Um, and I think the third one, and I, you know, I presume and I trust that the people are doing this, but um, actually, you know, faithfully teaching the Bible in your local church in uh, in Edinburgh or um, Loch or. I'm out of Scottish places, but yeah, got, um, oh, You you missed out Glasgow, but that's that's
0: fine. That's.
1: <laughs> um, but, you know, but faithfully teaching the word of God, um, it does have an effect on the the church around the world and in Japan because you know people who go from Japan, you know, over to the UK, um, some of them they might go into a church, um, you know, or they'll hear some someone, um, or just you know stuff. No one uh the internet everywhere you know youtube whatever um whether it's directly to japanese people whether it's to other missionaries or or people um you know like we do have to keep just fighting the fight of of preaching god's word faithfully and truthfully standing up against kind of distortions of this word and false teaching um not just for you know locally in, in scotland but actually um yeah like uh Everything ends up getting important around the world, right? And so, um, the health of the church globally affects the the health of the church globally. I think. Um, so I think that's just a, and hopefully an encouragement to say, just keep doing, you know, just keep preaching good faithfully, um, standing firm, and uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Thanks, Levi, for um, the encouragement to us and um, to keep going to 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 be praying. Um, to be preaching the word and uh, to be reminding uh, our fellow brothers and sisters who are serving uh, in other parts of the world the the beauty of the gospel. Uh, it's the gospel which brings us to to know Christ, but it's the gospel which keeps us rooted and grounded. It's the gospel which saves us at that one moment, but continually saves us all the way. That we see face to face. So, thanks for that reminder, brother. Appreciate that. Um, well, everyone, thanks for uh, joining us for this episode of uh, Generation Podcast. Levi it's been super having you on uh, and it's been a real blessing to uh, all of us I'm sure everyone um, would like to say thank you but let me thank you on their behalf and um, please do tune in next time for the next episode of the Generation Podcast Levi thank you thank you very much it's been great no worries and see you later